What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Mind Muscle Experience. My name is Tyler Egan, and I will be your host. In a world instilled with fear, human beings now believe that the human body is inherently flawed. Many believe that it can't fight off things like viruses, anxiety, excess weight, joint pain, and many other issues that plague the modern day world. I will be sitting down with others from all different aspects of life where we'll talk about their journey, experience, and knowledge so that you can see how much taking control of your health and fitness can change your entire life. It is also my goal to bring you the information to help you with your nutrition and fitness, to help you see what the human body is truly capable of, and to help you win the war within, giving you the ultimate mind-muscle experience. And today, my beautiful friends, we're finally, finally, I know it feels like it's been forever. I'm going to dive back into those muscles a bit. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get thick. Nah, not only I'm getting thick. I don't know what you guys are doing. But today we're going to be talking about um, pre-workout supplementation. But before we get into that, I just want to say that well actually you know there's a couple things i want to say now that now that i said that (laughs) drink your fucking water all right now that i said that cool see this is why you gotta talk to yourself sometimes because uh i need i need to stay hydrated um one i just want to say i've been getting a decent decent amount of feedback on the podcast lately i just want to say i truly appreciate it guys um i appreciate all the kind words and uh if there's any and if there's ever an episode or a topic uh, in which you guys want me to go deeper into, um, you want to understand better, maybe I didn't explain it well enough, please let me know. Um, some people have actually told me I've done a good job of breaking some of these things down, which is really awesome to hear. But if there's ever anything that that it needs to be broken down further, something that doesn't make sense, just let me know because I will gladly dive back into it because I, I think all this shit is just, just fascinating. Like I, Just doing this episode alone made me realize how insanely insanely deep i can go into these topics just because there's so much to learn um but i want to give you guys the information to to apply in your health and fitness journey to see the results that you're looking for and to realize your own potential um with that being said you guys i would think if you've been around know that i'm not i I use supplements, but you don't fucking need them by any stretch of the imagination. Pre-workouts really just kind of help elevate you in the gym. Um, most of the things that, that are in these pre-workouts are found naturally occurring in the body. Um, but with the supplements, it allows us to, to take them and, and take them to another level. Let me just put it put it that way. Um there's there's a lot there's a lot of there, there's so many pre-workouts there's so like, like how do you even know and and that's why i wanted to do this to help you guys go through and when you're looking at your pre-workouts like figuring out if it's actually worth taking because supplement companies will put the bare minimum of something in there just to say it's in there and we're going to talk about that today um but i just want to say so this is how the episode is going to break down i'm going to talk about i'm going to give you some greens that i really liked some of them that are quote-unquote honorable mentions, and then we're going to go into a couple ones, which unfortunately I had a ditch by the wayside. I'll explain all that after the National Anthem, because America first. 
Alright, cool. He's had to add, add that in there today. Alright, guys. So let's talk about pre-workout supplementation. Again, you do not need a single thing except for water. Let me make that perfectly clear. If you are not staying hydrated, that is a problem. Stay hydrated, my friends. Anyway, so again, the episode is just going to break down, you know, what ingredients to look for. I'll even throw the dosages in there that are have been shown to actually make a difference. Um, in a way, what they help, some of the things they help, I'll probably break a couple of them down a little bit further than most people care, but this is what I'm saying. I could have gone even, like one of them. You take one supplement that, that triggers this response, which leads to a neurotransmitter producing this, that, and the other thing, which is really at the base level responsible for, for muscle contractions, like voluntary muscle contractions. I'm just like, oh my God, this is so cool. I could have kept going. But I was like, all right, I don't think people need to understand the actual breakdown. Of all. I, actually, I don't. it's not that people don't need to understand. I think we should, personally. I, I, I think human beings should understand how their bodies function and how things work better, especially when it comes to supplementation and the things we're ingesting. But the problem is most people don't give a shit about that. So I realized that I didn't need to go down this rabbit hole. Anyway, so I will give you things, things to look for, how they help. Um, the dosages that, that have been shown to help, um, some that don't really do anything, uh, and some honorable mentions. Now, um, I just want to clarify this to start as well. There is an abundance of research on these things, and if I say anything that you disagree with, that you, you know, maybe have had different experiences with, one, you don't have to listen to me. Two, um, highly recommend you look into it yourself. All the all the research I did, I have done, will be in the show notes um, for anybody who wants to read into this stuff more. I read articles, I read studies, I read a bunch of stuff, and there's so much information out there on the interwebs these days. I could have gone for hours. The problem is, I've been working on this episode for like two weeks because <laughs> there's just so much information. So. This is just what I've gathered. Okay, so let's start from the top. Pre-workouts, what's the number one thing we should have in there? All right, if we're, if we're, <clears throat> if we're a year or two in, three years in, we want to start optimizing our performance in the gym. You know, we're coming from a late, a long shift. We're going right to the gym in the morning, and we want we just want to kick some fucking ass. We want we want something to take us to the next level. We, you know, we got our nutrition dialed in. We have some, we're hydrated. We're sleeping pretty well. Mo- mobility's a thing. We're working on mobility, right? But we, we're just looking for that next little extra edge. So you start looking at the pre-workouts, but it's just like there's so many of them. Like I have two here. Like uh, one has um, has some B vitamins in it, some electrolytes, citrulline, L-citrulline, beta-alanine, L-tyrosine, caffeine, taurine. This one has... But also has beta alanine. This one has citrulline malate, sodium, alpha, uh, no, what, alpha GPC, astrogen, actin, whatever that is. There's just so many things out there. So where do you start? Excuse me. Where do you start? Caffeine. Definitely caffeine because 
Well, for one, it is the most consumed psychoactive drug out there. <laughs> like when I heard when it, when you read it like that, it's like wow, it actually kind of sounds bad because like people drink so much caffeine, myself included. But caffeine has been shown to because like caffeine, and I don't I don't know if it's if it's coffee or if it's caffeine because I feel like the two are associated with together together, but they're also like demonized like they're it's a bad thing. Let me just say this. If there's any form of caffeine that's probably the best for you, it's pro- it's probably tea or caf- or coffee, if I had to make an educated guess, because there's a lot of uh, antioxidants and phytochemicals in coffee and tea, pro- probably tea over coffee, because there's less caffeine in there. And I know some teas have L-theanine, which we'll get into. Um, but caffeine is shown to increase mood and brain fu- function. It's been shown to boost your energy. It can increase your metabolism by up to 11%, which, sorry, just getting hydrated, um, isn't, doesn't sound like a lot, but look, if you're, if you're trying to shed a couple extra pounds for the summer, or, you know, you just want, again, that extra little bit of edge, because you've done everything else, you're doing the little things right, you just want to take it up a notch, you know what I mean, that, that maybe that 7% in the boost of metabolism, you may get, you may get, from caffeine is worth it. Okay, so uh, it can also increase your strength and performance in the gym. So um, I'm not going to go too into detail with caffeine because we all know about caffeine, I would think by now. Um, so the average or the recommended amount is about three to six milligrams per kilo. Um, I just kind of rounded that from 150 to 400 milligrams per serving. And most pre-workouts, I would say, are probably in the two to 300 range, maybe some down to like about 150 milligrams. I'm sorry. I'm just dehydrated today, trying to catch up. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a pre-workout with 400 milligrams, but I'm sure, I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure they're out there. So I would say anywhere from 150 to 400 milligrams. Definitely be conservative with it because some people are sensitive to caffeine. Um, so keep that in mind. Next up, this is where we're going to start getting into the fun stuff. L-tyrosine. L-tyrosine is one that like I've noticed in more pre-workouts lately. And I was just like, when I did the research for this, I was like, okay, so I know caffeine works. Creatine monohydrates always talked about citrulline, beta alanine, but like I've been seeing L-tyrosine a lot lately. What is going on? So L-tyrosine is a non-essential amino acid that is made from, let's hope I can say this right. I actually practiced this a couple of times before the episode Phenylalanine, which is a, I believe it's one of the nine essential amino acids that we have to get from food. And this helps us produce catecholamines. Again, sorry, just dehydrated, trying to catch up. Um, I know two big words I just threw at you. Like, who is this guy? He doesn't have a college education. What's up with the big words, bro? Dumb it down. Okay, so catecholamines are... Um, they're the thing they're they the neurotransmitters dopamine norepinephrine and epinephrine dopamine is that reward neurotransmitter that we get you know so we pick up our phone we see a notification we usually get that little 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 kick of dopamine um we get it from drugs believe it or not caffeine being one of them um you know compliment like literally everything in life food we get we get dopamine kicks from everything and then Epinephrine and norepinephrine are the fight or flight hormones um, that we've talked about when it comes to the brain, meditation, um, 
what else did I talk about with them? I, I've been talking about a lot of neurotransmitters. Actually, someone told me that I should do an episode on just neurotransmitters. It's probably a good idea. Anyway, um, those are important. Norepinephrine and epinephrine are the fight or flight hormones. So they're important because uh, they're responsible for stress. And when we train, we are putting stress on our body. I mean, think about the load you're putting on, whether whether you're squatting 100 pounds or 400, whether you are benching 250 pounds or benching 50, you're putting stress on your body. You are putting mechanical tension on your body. It does not matter. Your, your personal body, you, the one listening right now, your body does not give a flying rat's booty how much weight is on that bar. All it cares about is the tension that you are placing on it. And when we, when, we, when we train hard, we get into the gym, we, we train our booties off, we deplete our, our stores of these catecholamines, the, the, the dopamine, the norepinephrine, the epinephrine, and supplementing with L-tyrosine in our pre-workout can, it almost serves as like a buffer. So Dr. Eric Trexler from Stronger by Science, he's a sports scientist, and I will actually reference him again later because he, um, he, what's the word I want to use here? I guess completed a research paper on another supplement. I don't really know if I'm, I'm phrasing that up right, but anyway, when it comes to L-tyrosine, he said ingesting extra tyrosine doesn't increase levels, but it's important to have extra around because when you encounter stressors, i.e. training in this case, um, that deplete levels, it will support this creation of more. So as we're training, we're, you know, we're, we're benching all this weight and we go and do some curls and we're just depleting our stores of these catecholamines, these neurotransmitters, the dopamine, the norepinephrine, the epinephrine, the, the, the neurotransmitter for re- the reward center, the fight or flight hormones. And guys, I know I've talked about the fight or flight hormones, the, the hormones of stress, survival instinct type things in such a negative light, but every process in the human body has its purpose. We are supposed to feel this is maybe this is just my opinion. We're supposed to feel um, all of the emotions. You know, could you imagine going through life just being happy all the time? I don't even know if that's possible. Could you imagine going through life just miserable all the time? That is possible. It's probably why people unfortunately commit suicide. But we're supposed to go through life feeling all the emotions and, and just going through them, going through it all. So, fight or flight, the stress hormones. Um, they have their place in this world. So we need them. Okay, so when we train hard, we deplete the stores of these fight or flight hormones. And the L-tyrosine helps. We, 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 we're basically kind of supporting the creation of new new stores of the catecholamines by supplementing it. All right, so that's L-tyrosine. And the recommended dosages were from anywhere from 300 to 600 milligrams. I think the ones I have have 200 milligrams in it. Where are you at? Where it at, though? This one doesn't actually have it. I thought it did. Anyway, next up, nitric oxide boosters. We have three options when it comes to these. We'll talk about all of them. First off, what is nitric oxide? It's a colorless gas, and it actually plays a huge role in inflammation and vasodilation. What is vasodilation? I don't, I don't fucking know. Vasodilation is 
the relaxation of blood vessels. It allows the blood vessels to open up and improves our blood flow. So if you're going to the gym and you're trying to look, you're trying to look juicy, you're going to want a nitric oxide booster because that the opening of those blood vessels will allow you to get more blood into the muscles and you just get the gnarliest pump, the sickest pump. You're going to walk out there just feeling juicy. You know what I mean? So a nitric oxide booster in your pre-workouts, it's, it's, it's very beneficial for this. I have noticed, I have noticed huge differences um, in this. Uh, but just to, again, this is why I want to really emphasize that supplements are not necessary because if I'm not mistaken, caffeine is also a vasodilator. So a similar effect will happen. And nitric oxide is naturally occurring in the body, but this is just a way to take it up a notch. So the... Um, supplementing with a nitric oxide booster has been shown to reduce the body's need for oxygen, which increases exercise and muscular performance, reduces fatigue, and removes metabolic waste. If you guys listened to the, resi- no, it was the episode on, what was it? Oh, how we grow muscles. Um, I talked about, what is it? What is the actual term? Hold please. You know that this was a first. Okay, so the term I was looking for was metabolic stress, but I actually the reason I said hold please was because I actually had to pee so bad from catching up on my hydration that I actually had to pause the episode, and I've never had to do that before. And I've done like forty five minute solo episodes before. So that's, that was the weirdest thing ever. Anyway, so if you guys listen to the episode on how we grow muscles, one of the ways by which we do that is metabolic stress. And the fact that nitric oxide supplementation helps remove metabolic waste um, will allow you to take those muscles and stress them more, if that makes sense, which will allow you to push yourself past your normal levels of fatigue and really push the boundaries of that metabolic stress. That's why nitric oxide boosting supplementation is actually can actually be very beneficial but again again i just want to emphasize this not necessary in the slightest caffeine alone is a vasodilator it will open your blood vessels up you'll get a sick pump from that this is just like again kick it up a notch so like i said there are three options we have here if you're in the vegan community i'm sure you know about how most first off there's food food has nitric oxide in it um, dark leafy greens, especially arugula, fun fact for you, is the one, the number one dark leafy green that has the most nitric oxide in it. That's why I buy it. Um, I don't really particularly like the taste of arugula, but your boy wants to get some sick pumps. And if you tell yourself you don't want that, you're lying. I don't care if you're training booty, arms, chest, back. What else do you guys train? Calves, you want a sick pump. You want to look juicy. Come on, don't lie to me. Okay, so you can get it from food. Dark leafy greens, there's there's all kinds of foods out there. I'm not gonna go down that list. The three options we have supplementing wise. Beetroot powder, that's what I meant. uh, Another thing I meant for the vegan community out there is I'm sure most people in the vegan community are very well aware of beetroot powder. I don't know if the rest of the world is yet. Then we have L-citrulline and we have citrulline malate. So... Again, I told you I was going to reference Dr. Eric Trexler again. I don't, like, he's a smart dude. I've listened to him. He knows what he's talking about. He's got to be, he's, he's way more qualified than me. But they, they, they performed a study comparing the effects of beet, beetroot powder to citrulline malate. And they didn't see any differences besides, if I'm not mistaken, the group that took beetroot powder 
um, had more nitric oxide in their blood. The issue I had with it was they compared these gentlemen, I think it was, it could have been ladies, I forget now. They compared their test subjects, let's just say, um, performing leg extensions. Like what? I guess maybe they were going for like a an isolated movement, but why leg extensions? Mo I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a critic here. I just that just sounded so dumb. Anyway, so they didn't really notice the difference. And other than that, there's not many studies on the on which one's better. But one thing I did learn is if if you have the three options, or better yet, let me let me make it a little bit easier for you guys. Because most pre-workouts on the market aren't carrying beetroot powder. You can find some that do, but most of them don't. Um, at least the ones I've come across. You'll either come across L-citrulline or citrulline malate. Citrulline malate is the way you want to go because citrulline malate is blend is it's citrulline blended with malic acid, which has been shown to increase the absorption of the L-citrulline, giving us more of that nitric oxide boosting effect. Um, and I could go down the rabbit hole of how that works because it was actually pretty fascinating. Okay, maybe I will a little bit. So we ingest L-citrulline, and then that converts into arginine which I believe passes through the kidneys and then converts into um, nitric oxide. So then as I'm reading, I'm like, well, wh why not just supplement with, with um, arginine then, which I believe is another uh, essential amino acid. Well, problem is if we take arginine supplementation, it actually, our, our liver is so good at processing arginine when we take arginine um, <clears throat> as, a, as the source, the liver processes it very rapidly, and it becomes useless. So, because we're 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 giving it the precursor, the liver doesn't have the the time to do the same thing. It doesn't process it the same way. So, we can actually get more out of the the supplement through citrulline, and citrulline malate because it's a it's blended with malic acid. It is, it becomes more absorbable. Okay, so if you're gonna choose between citrulline or citrulline malate go citrulline malate um but don't be afraid to try beetroot powder out again there's not much research proving it's better i guess technically better for you because it has a lot of more vitamins and minerals and it's more natural things to that effect citrulline malate is most likely synthetically made um but mess around see see which ones you like um as far as dosaging is concerned this is one of those products that supplement con companies like to lowball you on. Um, for example, one of the pre-workouts I have, and I don't know if I want to throw them shade, so I'm not going to. They have um, like, so the minimum amount of citrulline, I believe is like three, just citrulline, three uh, 3,000 milligrams or three, three grams. And uh, they put like two in there. Um, so let me look at this one real quick. This one, this one has 3.5, so it's not too bad. That's, and that's L-citrulline. So when it comes to L-citrulline, you want anywhere between 3 and 4 grams citrulline malate, anywhere between 6 and 8 grams. And then beetroot powder, you want around 500 milligrams. So I'll say that one more time. Um, citrulline, citrulline alone, 3 to 4 grams. Citrulline malate, the more absorbable form, 6 to 8 grams. And then beetroot powder, 500 milligrams. Okay, next up. This was another new one. So L-tyrosine, citrulline, nitric oxide, I knew about. L-tyrosine, I didn't, which I thought was so fucking cool. And then this one I didn't know about either, choline. Choline's another huge one. Um, it, there are a couple different forms that I found. 
Um, there's choline bitartrate, there's CDP choline, and then there's alpha GPC. Um, let me see if I can say this right. Alpha GPC stands for, you can do this, Tyler, alpha gly glycerol phosphoryl choline. Let me say it one more time. I, I, I'm, this is for me. Alpha glycerol phosphoryl choline. Okay, that's the one we're going to go with, but there's all these different options, and I'm going to, I'm not going to go into the other two as much, but I will give you the recommended dosages for those as well. So the biggest thing with all these is increasing the levels of choline in our system. The reason we want to do that is because this triggers the production of acetylcholine, which is another neurotransmitter. I really probably should do an episode on neurotransmitters, mostly because now I want to learn more. Anyway, uh, when it comes to this neurotransmitter, there are acetylcholine. There are two major receptors. I'm not going to talk about one because it's irrelevant in this case. The uh, receptor we're going to talk about is nicotinic, which is very important for voluntary use of muscle contractions. I'm pretty sure this is this is what I referenced in the beginning of the show. Um, so acetylcholine is, to, to backtrack a bit here, is very vital for, again, as I just said, from the one receptor of acetylcholine, nicotinic, is it's very important for the activation of skeletal muscle. It's important for force development, strength, balance. Oh, I almost said heart, hand-eye coordination. I can't read my own handwriting. That's how you know it's chicken scratch. Um, it's important for hand-eye coordination and agility. Okay, so um, why alpha GPC, the alpha glycerol phosphoryl choline? That's again, there's the three options, but this is the one you want to look for. It's just probably going to say alpha GPC on the label um, because it's been shown to increase growth hormone, which is an anabolic hormone, which is shown to increase muscle mass. Um, it's been shown to increase bench press force. And what it really does is it converts to, oh man, here's another big word phosphorylcholine, which migrates to our synaptic nerves and increases acetylcholine synthesis. So if we can synthesize more of this acetylcholine, then that means we can get more activation of our skeletal muscle. If you guys, I have talked about what the different, different muscles are, because we have smooth muscles, um, we have skeletal muscles, and then we have... Um, What's the other one? Cardiac muscles. So skeletal muscles are the ones we go into the gym and we try to get we try to get juicy. We try to get thick. We try to put on size. We want to look good. Those are skeletal muscles. So if we can increase how much acetylcholine that we have being produced, then we can activate more of these muscles. We can produce more strength, more balance, hand-eye coordination, agility, more force development. And alpha GPC, the alpha glycerol phosphorylcholine of all the different, because there was actually a fourth one. I didn't want to, from the one article I read, it said that this this has been shown to do like nothing. Or no, no, actually I lied. It doesn't. There weren't any studies to to back it up. That was it. So I, that's why I didn't even bother mentioning it. But this is the one that seems to help the most, and it's the only one that I came across that said anything about increasing growth hormone. So. Alpha GPC is the one you want to look for. It will in, it'll increase choline levels by triggering the production of acetylcholine, and then that'll allow you to have more voluntary control over your muscle contractions. It increases cognitive behavior. It's good for your brain. These things 
are good for your brain. So alpha GPC is what you want to look for. Now, when it comes to dosages on this, I got a couple of different, like I saw one, it was like 300 to 1200 milligrams. One was like 150 to 600. So I'm saying 200 to 600 milligrams of alpha GPC for now until I can do more research. Now, um, the other two forms are choline bitartrate, which is the cheapest form and is blended, blended with sodium. Um, anywhere from 500 to 2,000 milligrams of that. And then we have CDP choline, which is 200 to 900 milligrams of that particular variation, which should help produce more choline in the blood, which will lead to more acetylcholine, which will lead to you just getting fucking bigger. That's all I'm going to say about that. Alpha GPC, though, guys, that's the one you want to look for. So, so far, the, the four biggest ones I mentioned, caffeine, a nitric oxide booster, whichever one you choose. Um, I'm, I'm recommending citrulline malate. Uh, what was the other one I said? L-tyrosine and choline, but particularly alpha-GPC because of the way it converts into phosphorylcholine, which then goes to the synaptic nerves and increases the synthesization synthesization is that even a word <laughs> because then it increases the acetylcholine synthesis so those are the four for shizzle try them out those are what you want to look for next i got some honorable mentions and the first one is going to be creatine now the reason creatine is an honorable mention for me is because I have never noticed a damn difference with, with creatine except for the fact that it fucks my stomach up. But it is the most researched, the most well-backed by science supplement on the market. Um, it, it supports the release of energy and it improves muscle mass, strength, and power. So, I mean, my own anecdotal experience isn't enough for me to say don't use it. But I'm saying don't use it. <laughs> but that's just because I've never noticed a difference. Plenty of people have. So if you're going to go up to creatine, you want to look for creatine, monohydrate, and three to five grams a day is the ballpark, the sweet spot. There's people who say you should do a loading phase, and the idea is to saturate your creatine level levels with creatine, especially those who eat a plant-based diet because most people get creatine from a dietary source which comes from things like grass-fed beef, seafood, things to that effect. That's where they get it, but they don't get enough of it. So anybody really could and should supplement with creatine if they wanted to increase this. But a loading phase isn't necessary. The only difference is if you do a loading phase, which is about a week long, and I think you do like 20 to 30 grams of creatine a day, which is just redonk. Wow, I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> I never, I've never said redonk before this is this is interesting anyway um a loading phase isn't necessary because what you would do in a week period with the 20 to 30 um, grams of creatine you could do over the course of the month with three to five grams per day and you will saturate the creatine levels just as much from the research i've done um so it's not necessary again i haven't noticed much with creatine but that's just me the other honorable mention is beta alanine now, the reason I put this as an honorable mention is because there is research to back it. It seems to really help, but most people don't like what happens when you take um, sufficient amount of beta-alanine. Beta-alanine, when especially when your body's not used to it, is what gives you that tingling effect from a lot of pre-workouts. 
So beta alanine, what it actually does is it converts the carnosine in the body, and carnosine is um, responsible for balancing the pH. Now, when we are training hard, a lot of like when you're really fatiguing muscles, a lot of metabolic waste occurs, and it, 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 it what happens here is the buildup of acid and having sufficient levels of carnosine in the body will balance that acid out, balance the pH out, which will allow you theoretically to train harder, train a little bit longer. Um, it really helps with the buildup of the acid that comes from metabolic stress when we're training really hard in the gym. But again, a lot of people don't like the feeling get, I personally love it. It makes me want to put my head through a wall. And sometimes when I'm getting into the zone, I love that feeling. Like, just give me all of it, all of it. But that's just me. If you're going to take beta alanine, this is another one that people like to lowball you on. Like this one I have in front of me, 1.6 grams. It ain't going to do a gosh darn thing. The recommended amounts are anywhere from 3.2 to 6.4 grams of beta alanine per day. Okay. Another honorable mention is electrolytes. It turns out that one liter, when we sweat out one liter of sweat, um, we lose, I think it was anywhere from like 400 to 1800 milligrams of sodium. And sodium is like so demonized these days, but like it's an, it's an essential mineral for our body. So you need it. So electrolytes in your pre-workout may actually help with that. Um, so sodium's one and chloride's another one. I think we lose, uh, what was it? I think it was like five, five might be in lower. Let's just say 500 to 1700 milligrams. It's, it varies on the person. 500 to 1700 milligrams of chloride per one liter of sweat. So some electrolytes in there, not a bad move either. Now, a couple of the ones that I didn't find enough evidence on and I unfortunately changed my mind about, both of these I used to use almost religiously that I, I would buy the, the, the ingredients separately. Uh, number one is taurine because it's been shown to, or it, the, the, theoretically, they say that it protects against DNA damage from exercise. But everything I read, I read a couple of different studies. There was one study on humage, humage, what? There was one study on humans and it was with 12 participants that were cycling. So I'm like, I don't, even though there, there was proof in the pudding there, it was one, 12 people. And number two, they were cycling and your boy, while I do cycle and I do enjoy it, um, I, it's not the same as resistance, resistance training in the slightest to me. So I'm just kind of chucking that out. Um, and the rest of the studies I read were animal studies. So while it sounds intriguing, and it is in a lot of energy drinks. Like I'm pretty sure um, Monster markets it on theirs. Like they, they, they put it in bold letters on their, their drinks. I never noticed much of a difference. So take that for what it is. The other one, which really broke my heart because I, I did like it. The first time I had a pre-workout with this in it, it was pretty cool. L-theanine. Um, L-theanine has been shown to help with mental focus, anxiety, and stress. Um, and the mental focus definitely comes when combined with caffeine. And the only reason I'm throwing it to the wayside now is because of some of the benefits of the other um, amino acids that I, I've learned about over the last few months, because it's, it's not just from this, this episode. So the problem with L-theanine is it's been shown to inhibit the effects of tyrosine, tryptophan, and branched chain amino acids. Now, branched chain amino acids by themselves are fucking useless. Yeah, I said it. Don't waste your money anymore, please. You're just drinking flavored water. Um, but we talked about L-tyrosine in this level. 
in this level, what are you saying, bro? In this episode, um, the other one, like I said, is tryptophan. Uh, now, if you guys listen to the sleep episode, you'll know about tryptophan because it's one of the ways our brain and our gut connect. Um, L-tryptophan is an essential amino acid. It's one of the it's one of the essential one of the nine essential amino acids, and it actually converts into serotonin in our body, that that feel good hormone, which then converts into melatonin as the day goes on. So it's very, very important for our bodies. Now, I'm not saying that if you take L-theanine, you're fucked. What I'm saying is if you're taking trypt, like it inhibits the, if you're taking it in that moment, it inhibits the, the effects of tryptophan. Like, and I was looking at some, some of the energy drinks that are out there today, like Bang, for example, they have all the essential amino acids in them. So if you put theanine in there and all the essential amino acids, i.e. tryptophan, then you're going to inhibit the effects of not just tryptophan, but that branch chain amino acid. And to me, it doesn't seem worth it because tryptophan again leads to serotonin, which leads to melatonin later at night. And I want, I don't want that process to be messed with, but that was when they were taken together. Um, separately, it's not going to make an effect, but I want to get the most out of what I'm taking personally. And if it inhibits tyrosine and tryptophan, it's a no go. And I broke my heart because L-theanine, was in one of the first pre-workouts that really, that really grew on me, and it really did help with my mental clarity, my mental focus in the gym, but I had to let it go. So guys, I really hope you took some from this. Um, just to recap, real quick, the, the, the four I highly recommend in your pre-workout, caffeine, all day, you could just take caffeine, you're good. L-tyrosine, three to 600 milligrams, um, a, a nitric oxide booster, whether it be beetroot powder, L-citrulline, or citrulline malate, and then number four, which is the coolest one yet, and I am excited to do more research on it, is the the choline, the choline. Um, what am I looking for here? Variation of choice, whatever you got. Because one of the pre workouts I have has choline bitartrate in it. Another one has alpha GPC in it. Alpha GPC is the one you want to look for. Okay. Honorable mentions: creatine, definitely worth exploring. A lot of science, a lot of research backing that one up. Guys, it may work for you. It just didn't for me. Beta alanine, if you don't like the tingles, don't worry. Don't buy a pre-workout with it. It's It, it, it has research to back it up, but it's not going to make or break you. Electrolytes, if you're, not, if you're not getting enough in your diet, maybe worth it. But taurine, throw by the wayside. Let it go. Um, and if you want the benefits of things like tryptophan and branch chain amino acids and tyrosine, then get rid of L-theanine as well. I know, broke my heart. So guys, that's the episode. I hope you guys took some from this. I'm thinking about doing a whole vegan supplementation episode because I've been getting some new um, like vegan followers who aren't, who don't know as much. And I'm wondering, you know, it seems like the people who have been following me are more fitness mindset, things like that oriented. But if you are a vegan or a new vegan at that and you want to learn more about supplementation or if you just want to learn more about why vegans should supplement, because I did do a little bit more research on B12 for this as well, um, let me know. And I will do a whole episode on that because vitamin D3 is something that people overlook. B12 is another one and omega-3 fatty acids, my friends. They're worth looking into. So guys, I really hope you took some from this episode. If you did, please leave a rate and review on iTunes. Share it with a friend who has no idea what they're doing with pre-workout. They buy the first one they see and they say it doesn't work. It should. All right, guys. 
please leave a rate and review on iTunes, share it with a friend, tag the Instagram page on the, on, on the IG at mind muscle experience. Um, be on the lookout. I'm working on a bunch of new stuff for, for the podcast, for my own personal brand. So be on the lookout for that. I'm working on a website. So guys, share it with a friend, share it online, rate review. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Peace.